What is going on, everybody? We got Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I've got special guest Rachel Gregory on the line today. Without further ado, how are you, Rachel? I'm pretty good. How are you? I am good. I am good. So, for anybody that doesn't know, who is Rachel Gregory? <laughs> okay. Um, so, a little background. Um, I'm originally from Manhattan, New York. I was born and raised there. I went to undergrad at the University of Miami in uh, Miami, Florida. Go Canes. <laughs> um, got my undergrad degree in athletic training. Um, and my junior year, I kind of fell in love with nutrition, took a nutrition class and just was kind of wanted to pursue it further. Um, so I went on and got my master's in nutrition and exercise physiology uh, from James Madison University in Virginia. Um, and I was also working as a full-time athletic trainer there for the varsity swim and dive team. Um, and that's kind of where my keto journey started. Um, and I can go into that too, if you want. Did they, uh, I'm curious, did they, uh, what, what year was that that you were, uh, you get your master's in nutrition. Uh, I graduated in 2016. So, was there they, much um, was there much talk of the keto diet in the the literature and the the curriculum then? So in the curriculum, no, not really. I mean, low carb was there, but the most most of the curriculum was just you know based around um, you know the standard American diet and the guidelines and stuff. Um, and then just implementation of different types of diets, um, learning about those. But I kind of, like keto, I learned, uh, you know, it wasn't through my curriculum. It was, you know, all on my own, basically just doing my own research and getting into that. Um, of course, there was Atkins. We learned about that. But um, was, was keto talked about like in a, a negative light, per se, with the nutrition courses? Um, I would say a little bit. You know, when it, when it was mentioned, um, definitely with, like, ketoacidosis and, you know, a few people uh, were definitely against it. Um, so, yeah, there wasn't much positive, much positive around it. Uh, and that back, was just in 2016, you said, right? Well, yeah, I graduated in 2016, so it was a two-year program. So um, I started in 2014, so, yeah. Do you think they've made any changes there? Is it pretty much just continues to be kind of old school mentality when it, with regard to you know ketogenic uh, lifestyle as a you know viable nutrition uh, course? I'm hoping that um, they've made changes, especially with all the research that's coming out now and you know all the buzz around keto. Um, I mean, I just spoke. My advisor was the head of our uh, nutrition program. He um, was like the head dietitian there, and he um, he encouraged me to you know research keto and all that stuff. He wasn't necessarily for it or against it, um, but I actually spoke to him a few weeks ago and just kind of told him what I was up to, and he was super excited. And I'm hoping that he kind of you know helps to change change the norm and um, you know educate people a little bit more. So. We'll see. I hope so. I hope so. I've, I've considered kind of going back to get like a, a degree in nutrition, 
but I'm hesitating because I feel like I'd, I'd probably be able to further my knowledge with the ketogenic diet, you know, independently than like through a, you know, organized course, coursework. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that totally. And yes, like you definitely, you get the science and the basics, um, you know, behind metabolism and exercise. My, my program was, it was half nutrition, half exercise physio- physiology with the main focus in nutrition. But, um, obviously like I learned a lot and I really enjoyed it, but, um, getting the, the actual specifics for the keto education, that was kind of just doing my own research and, um, you know, really, you and know, what, just what kind of triggered you to go down that path? Like what took you from, you know, studying the standard American diet to actually diving, you know, headlong into keto? What was the turning point there? So that was, um, the turning point with that was when I was looking for um, a topic to do my master's thesis on. Um, and my advisor kind of just told us when we first got, got started, he said, you know, go out and find a topic that you're interested in, something that you haven't done before because you're going to spend the next two years, you know, researching it heavily and um, all that. And so I kind of, um, at that point, paleo, sorry about that. No, you're good. At at that point, paleo was, you know, really popular. And in the beginning, I, I, like, what I knew I wanted to do was, um, for my thesis was implement some, some type of nutrition intervention in athletic population. Um, and at first I thought I was going to do, um, the paleo diet, in um, CrossFit athletes, but um, I had already researched it a lot, and um, I was just kind of not over it, but I wanted something new. I knew I was going to be doing this for a long time, and um, so I wanted something like that was new, and you know, I could learn a lot, and I actually ended up uh, just researching, and I came across Keto, and I actually came across um, Jimmy Moore's book, Keto Clarity, um, and I had never really even heard of keto before, honestly, this is what three, a little over three years ago. Um, and I just went to Barnes and Nobles, bought his, bought his book, read it in like a day and was just, you know, fascinated by everything. Um, and so that's kind of what pushed me towards, um, uh, doing the intervention with, um, the keto diet and CrossFit athletes. And what, uh, this is kind of like an older study that you've done. We'll go into more new new stuff afterwards, but I'd love to get like just a, you know, kind of an overview of, of what that study entailed and kind of what you found out. Yeah, sure. Um, so the main, the main um, basis of this study is we wanted to see, we wanted to look at an in, a nutritional intervention um, and kind of simulate like a real life situation while still um, controlling, you know, as best we could, the different confounding variables and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of studies that, there's a lot of nutrition interventional studies that um, are very controlled. So having people, you know, come into the lab and um, giving them, you know, already having meals prepared for them and just kind of going out and saying, here's, this is, this is the exact meal that you need to eat. Um, follow, like, eat this for the next six weeks and giving them, you know, prepared meals and all that stuff. Um, But I, like, that's, 
in you know the real world, yes, that can be realistic to a point, but you know not everybody has access to that. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make this study very um, realistic um, because basically I just wanted to see. I was still new to it, but I wanted to see if it actually worked. You know, um, so I dove into the literature, found as much as I could. Uh, there really wasn't much on CrossFit. Um, there was a lot on keto, but not much with um, the ketogenic diet in athletes, especially, you know, strength and CrossFit athletes. So the study, basically what we did is I went to my local CrossFit gym and recruited people and kind of just said, hey, would anybody be interested in a, in a nutrition intervention? Um, and we got a lot of interest. And so it was a six-week study, and we had uh, about 30 participants. And what we did is we took their baselines. We used a DEXA scan to measure their body fat percentage, uh, lean body mass, all that. Uh, Got their food intake records for a little bit of their um, nutrition history, just the basics. And we uh, randomized the 30 participants into two groups, Um, so about 15 in the keto group and 15 in the uh, just their standard American diet group. Um, and what we did is took them through six weeks of um, an average of four days per week CrossFit training. And then the uh, people in the ketogenic diet group were given sample meal plans, uh, guides, just a bunch of info um, on how to follow the ketogenic diet. And um, then the regular group were told to just continue what they were doing. Um, we made sure that none of them were following any specific diets. Um, most of they were all following just like a normal standard diet. So we made sure that the they were doing continuing to do what they did over the six weeks. Um, and we measured uh, ketones every week to make sure that the ketogenic diet group was in ketosis and. The, stand, the control group was not, so we measured both groups just to make sure. Um, we didn't have access to blood ketones because we just didn't have the funding for that um, at that time, so we did use the urine strips, but we used a machine that was able to tell us, um, instead of just looking at the color, the machine could tell us, um, give us a number, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit more precise, and then... Um, my, my look at with the, I'm sure you have an opinion on the, um, the urine versus the blood, and obviously blood is way more accurate, but I think if you're first starting off, like, and you've never done it before, the urine can be um, pretty accurate, just to show that you're producing ketones, you know, and you're kind of doing the right thing. Yeah, I agree for sure, especially like that first month period. Yeah, exactly. Um so what we found uh, after six weeks, basically our our hypothesis is that we wanted the we wanted to see that the ketogenic diet group could lose a significant amount of body fat um, while maintaining their lean muscle mass or their uh, their lean muscle mass and um, not having a decrease in their performance overall at the end, um, and that the we hypothesized that the standard group would or the control group wouldn't lose that much body fat, but they would. Um, show increases in their performance. And um, after the six-week mark, we actually found that the keto group lost a significant amount of body fat. I think it was about 2.5% on average, just over that six-week period. 
Um, and then they also lost an average of about three and a half kilograms um, in body weight, which is just over seven and a half pounds. Um, and they didn't have any significant loss in muscle mass. Um, and <laughs> both groups uh, showed improvements in their performance at the end of the six weeks. Okay, so, so I definitely want to dive into this. Um, so, so both groups were going through the same exercise activities, right? Yep. And then, what was the the breakdown of the sexes? Were they pretty pretty equal across both groups? Um, there was more females for sure. Um, I can I have to look that up. I think there was definitely more females than males um, in the in both groups. But the average, oh yeah, so there were, okay, I have to study here. There was um, six, five males overall, three in one group, two in the other, and then the females, there was 10 in one group and 13 in the other, so. More females for sure, but they all, and as far as like the, the guidelines for keto, was it like a specific ratio that they were shooting for or just basically a ketogenic meal plan in its entirety, so as long as they're producing ketones and eating you know, low total carbs and higher fat ratio, they'd be good. Yeah. So at this point I was really focusing, what I told them was basically stay, I focused on total carbs. I, I didn't really go into the net carbs then. Um, so it was, you know, keep your carb, your total carbs under 50 grams a day. That was like, like the main thing. Um, and I didn't like have them, you know, calculate specific macros because I, I really wanted it to be um, as realistic as possible and people, so people who like to track their macros, they, they did. Um, and others who were just like, I don't want to do this. Like, you know, there's, everybody's different. Right. Um, so as long, but the main thing that I definitely had them track was to just keep their carbs low and stay under 50 grams. And, um, I told them, you know, moderate protein, high fat, and in the sample meal plans, most of them followed that and in the sample guides. So, um, that was pretty much obviously low, low carb, moderate protein, high fat. But, um, in the end we did analyze, we had them fill out, um, food logs every, mm -hmm. during the six week period, every two weeks they filled out a three day food intake record and it was a complete, it, and it was two weekdays and one weekend because I mean, every, usually everybody kind of changes up their daily eating on a weekday versus a weekend. Um, so we had food intake records for those for uh, every two weeks. And what we did is we input those into this like super expensive software and it's basically spit out, you know, all their macros, all their nutrients, vitamins, all that stuff. Um, and then we were able to analyze those at the end um, just using statistics. Um, and we found that the, uh, the keto group did um, – have a significant, they did consume significantly less carbs than the control group, and they did consume significantly more fat than the control group. And we those um, numbers are, and we have a chart in the study, and if people want to see it specifically, they can see, you know, the exact numbers. Yeah, I'll link that uh, in the show notes for sure. Um, with regard to performance, did y'all test throughout the six-week period or was it just like a final test like a baseline test at the beginning and then a, a test at the end or how'd you do that yeah we did in the beginning we did a baseline test so we did um 
we did a, a vertical jump test and a standing long jump test. And then we did a basic CrossFit workout. Um, so we did that before, right before the intervention started. And then right after the same exact protocol to see, and we did it for time. So basically for the CrossFit test or the CrossFit workout, we wanted to see that they could complete it. If they completed it in a, in less time, it means that they improved. Obviously they were more efficient and able to do the workout faster. Um, so the workout was for time and we found that both groups, um, increased their, uh, ability to complete the workout basically, or they reduced their time. Sorry. <laughs> so, so both, both groups improved. The only difference was that the keto group saw significantly more fat loss um, was there like a dip in performance during that initial adaptation phase? Yeah, so there was, we didn't, this is one thing I wish that I did do was kind of like a, a report, an actual report of, you know, keeping track of how they were feeling and doing like a questionnaire type thing. But um, I did when I was like, would talk to them and stuff, people in the, in the keto group, I, I warned them that in the, the first week or two, they might feel, you know, not as sharp during their workouts and there was definitely people who um who were you know getting those keto flu symptoms and not performing as well but they still you know stuck through it and I tried to provide them with you know tips to get through those workouts in the beginning you know adding more salt um keeping you know a salt shaker or a Himalayan sea salt shaker with them in their gym bag at all time and you know just making sure they're getting their electrolytes and all that so but after the first, I think some people after a few days, they were fine. Some people took a week, two weeks, but they still kind of pushed through it. So that's pretty crazy though. after, you know, I mean, six weeks is pretty short in the grand scheme of things and to, you know, be performing at a greater, uh, you know, efficiency than what they were eating the carbs with a, you know, a seven pound average decrease in fat. That's, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, it, it was. And I mean... I would have loved to do the study for longer. I just, I didn't have the time, um, you know, to do more than six weeks, but, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, and that, those are the average numbers. So, um, with all statistics, you kind of have to take that with, you know, not every single person lost seven and a half pounds, not every single person lost, you know, two and a half percent body fat, but, when you, you know, do the statistics and run, run the numbers and all that stuff, that was kind of the average. So no, that's, that's pretty cool. Are, are they like, have you stayed in contact with any of them at all? Are they still, are they still keto? Um, a few of them I have, um, just through social media and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, I'm hoping they, they, they are. And they, I mean, a lot of people after the, um, after the intervention, you know, they, they love, not just the weight loss, but the mental clarity, you know, everything that comes along with it, more energy throughout the day, um, more focus, all that stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of benefits that goes far beyond just the, the physical. Um, so you were kind of getting into keto when you decided to make this your, your master's thesis, were you keto for much longer before you started this experiment or did you kind of like adapt with them all throughout it? Yeah, so I, when I first, you know, found keto and read the book and was like, okay, I think I want to do this for my thesis, you know, I, I started it and I did it myself and, um, like, I did it for two weeks. This was, like, a little bit before 
we had like a period of time before, you know, a whole semester to prepare for the study and all that stuff. So I, I did it myself and tried it out. And, um, I was kind of the typical person. I, you know, dropped my carbs super low and I was afraid of fat. So I, like when I first started, I, you know, didn't up my fat as much as I should have. Um, I was doing low carb, low fat. Because I was, you know, we get the dogma and it's ingrained in your mind, fat's bad, all that stuff. So when I first tried it, I like felt really crappy and my workouts were obviously, obviously suffered from that. So I kind of just continued to experiment myself and, you know, added more fats in and then started to feel better and kind of realized, okay, you know, like as long as I'm getting my healthy fats and stuff like that, like it's. I'm starting to feel better. My workers are starting to get better. So I made sure that I, you know, emphasize that when going in to the study and, you know, telling people like you really need to, you can't go low carb and low fat all together. Like, yes, you do have, you know, the fat stores on your body and all that stuff. But if you go super low in both, you're, you're not going to feel, you're not going to feel great. So. Right. Right. And, and now you've been keto pretty much ever since, right? Like you were convinced from the from the get go, yeah, from the get go, and I guess um, I kind of right when this so when the study ended, um, I was dabbling in it. You know, I was still low carb, um, but not like I would still have sweet potatoes here and there, and still kind of went back a little bit to paleo. And then I guess um, after I, I graduated in May, and then I actually presented. Uh, these findings at the National Strength and Conditioning Association conference, um, and I met uh, Ryan Lowry and Jacob Wilson there from ASPI, um, mm-hmm. and so we started talking. And you know, I just became really good friends with them. I had moved back. I had moved back to South Florida uh, right after I graduated, and they were right in Tampa. So I was able to you know check out their facility and just became good friends with them and saw all the stuff they were doing. And that's kind of what put me back into getting uh, more involved with keto. And then um, after that, I like a few months after that, I, I like dove far into it and kind of adopted it, you know, for good. So that was about two years ago. So yeah, for two years, a year and a half, two years. Um, so quite some time then, yeah, that's, 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 that's good. I think, w- would you say there's like a, like people like to think of, you know, getting adaptive in stages or phases, and for me, I've found that like, because I've been keto for about three years now, I think there's like a whole other stage that, that happens after you've been, you know, strict keto for like a year or more. Would you agree? Did you feel something similar? Yeah, I feel like, yeah, definitely from when I first started to now, it's, um, yeah, there's definitely a phase, a different, a few different stages that you go through. And I mean, for us, I love, I know you love, you know, being your own guinea pig and experimenting on yourself. So I love doing that too. And just trying different, and I'm trying different things with fasting and all, all that stuff. So, um, and I'm still continuing, like every day I learn something new and I mean, it's been three years and, you know, the information just keeps coming. So. Well, let's, let's definitely dive into, you know, I got a kindred spirit here with regard to kind of N equals one experiments. What, what's kind of piqued your interest, uh, as of late? Like what are you working on kind of biohacking wise, uh, currently? Currently. Um, so I've, 
when I first started keto, I didn't really do any, you know, fasting or intermittent fasting. Um, it gradually came um, with like skipping breakfast and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, just kind of became second nature. Um, but I guess like now I, well, after the holidays, <laughs> I'm kind of uh, getting back into it by just doing, you know, some longer fasts, um, trying to, uh, I actually just started this week of just doing like a two to three hour eating window, you know, waiting off till then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm actually, I've taken a little break from CrossFit and I'm trying to get back into triathlons. Um, I really want to, I did, I don't know if I told you this, but I, I used to do triathlons, uh, in college for, uh, University of Miami. And I haven't done one in like two years now cause I, I got into, into CrossFit in grad school. So I'm trying to get back into that. And I have a set a goal to, um, do a triathlon over the summer. So like May or June. Um, and I'm actually pretty excited because I haven't ever done, you know, a triathlon in a ketogenic state all throughout college. I wasn't, I wasn't keto. I was, you know, all different types of paleo and all different. I tried out, you know, everything in the book, um, but didn't try keto. So I'm, I'm really excited to, you know, see the, cause there's so many endurance benefits and kind of compare what I did in college to, you know, yeah, being, that'll be, uh, that'll be very fascinating. Do you have like a, a triathlon date picked out yet? I'm looking, I'm actually, um, this weekend, I want to, you know, officially sign up for one. But there's a San Diego is a big triathlon community, so um, they have a bunch of races over the summer and different series and stuff going on. So just gotta pick one. <laughs> it's interesting. Like I, uh, I used to scuba dive in college, and one, I mean, I, I wasn't keto at the time, but one thing that I've found out is that you seem to use. I forget what the exact figure was. I think it was like. 30% less oxygen when you're in a keto adapted state. So like you can, your breath hold times are increased significantly. I would imagine that that could be pretty advantageous from a, you know, swimming perspective. Yeah, for sure. And swimming was like my worst, <laughs> my worst one out of the three. So I'm, I'm really excited to see if, um, you know, there's any improvements in that. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely keep me posted on that. Let me know what the show date is and I'll, I'll be watching your your Instagram and seeing what the the results are. For sure, and I'm excited too because you know I I was like before all of my ra- I did over I think it was like thirty races throughout um, college, and you know every every night before the race was all right. Let's carb up. Let's have our pasta night, and you know I always felt like crap. Like no matter what it was, I, like nervousness, jitters, whatever. But I always felt like crap the day of the race. Mm-hmm. So. I'm just, and I felt like bloated and, you know, just not like, I, I don't know. I thought then it was nerves, you know, just, you know, getting ready and waiting for the gun to go off. But I have a feeling that it was not just the nerves. <laughs> Definitely those. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Do you have like kind of a strategy in mind for what you want to do like the night before? I haven't thought about that yet, but definitely not pasta <laughs> yeah don't, i don't recommend the pasta um I, I would imagine i've never done a triathlon but i would imagine that a, a protocol similar to like a peak week strategy for like bodybuilding would carry over quite well into you know prepping for a triathlon like the week of kind of 
minimizing your fiber so that you don't have you know any bloat the day of the show because that's the last thing you want and then just kind of having a, a fat load like a keto caloric refeed the night before um you know to kind of fuel the exercise the day of yeah exactly um yeah probably definitely implement a strategy like that for sure very cool very cool um about the fasting what what did you what made you kind of like jump into the shorter eating window and really kind of dive into fasting um what have you learned with that and like what type of fasting are you doing are you doing like a strict water fast basically are you doing like the fat fast that we hear about a lot what's your strategy there yeah so i'm definitely doing like the fat fast type of thing um i usually like for the for a while now i've been you know skipping breakfast and i have my coffee with usually like mct oil mct now i I only use mct powder um why is that I don't know, just because I, I like it better. I like the convenience. Um, doesn't I did have sort of a sensitive stomach, and I, I did get used to MCT oil, um, but I kind of just started using MCT powder and found a good source that I like. Um, and yeah, and I and I switch it up too. Sometimes I'll do um, MCT powder. Sometimes I'll do some coconut oil and butter and stuff like that. But um, that's kind of what my routine is during the week. And then I would usually eat lunch around when I got hungry, maybe around like one or two o'clock. But now I'm just trying to push it a little further um, and, you know, eat around, just eat dinner. Um, but like I said, I right, I mean, this is like the first week that I'm starting that. So we'll see how it goes. Um, just trying to get back into it from the holidays. I mean, I didn't, I didn't go off keto at the holidays. I actually – I just – probably ate more than I usually do in mm-hmm. terms of nuts and cheese and stuff like that. And just kind of when I'm around all the temptations, you know, indulge in stuff that I like cheeses and nuts and stuff like that, instead of going for the, um, sugary stuff. And I think also, um, when you said about the phases or like the phases of adaptation, I think there is another phase, um, that when you get you get to it and it's just like I know that like with uh, sweets and stuff like that I would I would always give in no matter what type of diet I, I was doing or anything in the past whenever it came around to like the holidays or sweets I would always just be like okay it's holidays you know I can have one I'd, I'd give in and be like that you know like usually what everybody does but since you know going keto I the last two years I just didn't have that urge at all like there's cookies in front of me and it's just like you kind of just don't have the urge anymore and you know I'm sure you have yeah no I completely agree and that's like one of the the main you know noticing factors with regard to like that next level adaptation when you've been adapted for I'm assuming it's different for everybody but for like for me it was like a year once that year mark passed and it's like I hadn't cheated in that entire year and kept it strict it's like I had zero temptation. Like I, I could walk through, you know, a bakery aisle and not be tempted anymore by the foods or the smells. Now it's just like it, it doesn't even phase me. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, that's how I feel. And I, I like, I'm, I, I know you do too. Just like creating things that are that aren't keto and just making them keto, like desserts and stuff like that. Like I think that I find that like really fun, and that's kind of what. Um, where my whole kind of 
switch to focusing a lot on keto happened was I created I created my Instagram killing it keto just for fun like this was back in January so I guess a year ago now um and my friend actually was like you know you should just make a food Instagram like just post all your recipes like post all your photos and stuff and I was like no like that's I don't want to do that and then I kind of got convinced to do it and um just started posting you know what I did and started getting a lot of interest in that and um so yeah that's kind of where it all became real it is really cool that like there's not near as many you know readily available food sources for keto i mean especially like not pre-packaged or anything not as much snack foods but it's kind of cool because since there's like a scarcity there you know you've got people popping out of the woodwork kind of trying to come up with something new like i'm working on my own food product as we speak you got other companies that are doing something similar and then everybody in the community kind of like bands together and like shows or you know illustrates options that are keto friendly that other people might not know of like perfect example i mean i'm i'm forever indebted to you because you introduced me to the peely nuts and now i'm freaking addicted yeah those are awesome yeah those those are those are dangerous <laughs> yeah but uh, i mean yeah so so killing a keto let's talk about that for a second it uh is you made it into a website now right yeah so i made um I made that Instagram. So at this point, I was living in, uh, after grad school, I went back to uh, South Florida. And I actually got a job as, um, my title was a nutrition scientist for a supplement company. Um, Just kind of formulating and uh, making new supplements. Um, And so I was living in South Florida, and I joined a new CrossFit gym. And so I created this Instagram, and um, it was starting to get attention. And people from my CrossFit gym, I started asking a lot of questions and I was starting to get a lot of interest in it, in keto. Um, and so I decided to put on a seminar for those, for my new, the new CrossFit gym in uh, West Palm beach. And, um, I kind of, uh, I advertise it as, um, well, you have the shirt, the Keto's and Tito's. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I figured, you know, if people saw that there was free alcohol involved, they'd want to, you know, at least show up for a few minutes. So (laughs) we got a Tito's rep to come who's a friend and, you know, it worked. People showed up and they, I just kind of put on a little presentation. And then afterwards there was a bunch there was a ton of interest. People were like, okay, when can I start? Where can I start? And I was just at that point, I was like, okay, now I need to like (laughs) figure something out to get all these people started. So I basically created the 21 day keto challenge. Um, and I think I had, um, about, there was about 50 people, not just from my gym, but from around the, from around the neighborhood. And then also remotely, um, just friends and family, you know, around the country. And, um, they, they told their friends about it. So I had this whole 21 day challenge going. Um, and basically, um, what I found was when I tell people about keto and try to introduce them to it, it's it's very overwhelming um, at first uh, with anything. It's like you throw you know something at people, and if it, if they have no idea what it is, or even if they do, it still can be super overwhelming. So I was I basically created this 21 days of emails and would pick a new topic each day. Um, just so people could wake up and they'd have an, you know, an email and they'd have a topic that was related to keto and, um, 
and this would happen for 21 days. So it's not like they were throwing everything at once. Um, mm. and I thought that that was, that helped a lot just to break it up. And it allowed me to, you know, really teach, teach them exactly what was happening so that they could kind of, after the three weeks, they could go off and, you know, have a bunch of information and um, still continue to learn throughout it and be able to apply that as, you know, a lifestyle, not just a diet. So, yeah, that's really where it took off. And then I created uh, the website and the LLC. And then I did another challenge about two months later, got some more interest, um, a lot of success there. And kind of I'm actually relaunching it this tomorrow, actually, um, relaunching my website. And um, now I have the 21 day challenge so people can join every Monday. Um, and yeah. So. All right, we're about to seriously go into the weeds on business here. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. All right, so th- this this is cool. This uh, business is my other passion alongside with you know fitness and nutrition, so I just want to dive into this. Um, so you basically made a, a 21-day email campaign where you would you know have these emails that got sent out to every you know participant over the course of 21 days. What, what would like an example email be like? What would they what would one talk about, for instance? So the first day just is like a quick video, basically, um, of what keto is, you know, how it works, just the basics, and then. But also at the beginning, so when they first sign up for the challenge, um, they uh, get like they get the guide that I that I made, and they get like a sample meal plan based on what their food preferences are. Um, So I made a bunch of different meal plans that are, so they're like keto, paleo, paleo yeah, sorry, paleo, keto, you know, non-dairy, no, no red meat. If you're, if you don't like red meat, um, vegetarian, vegan, all those, you know, but keto. So mm-hmm. people have a choice. Um, and then just the emails throughout are just different tips and tricks. So, you know, uh, guide to alcohol, guide to, um, you know, keto friendly sweeteners, just different stuff like that. And there's so much, there's so many different things that you can learn in keto. So it really, really wasn't hard to come up with 21 days of, you know, teaching and just stuff that I wish that I, I had known when I first started, um, as well as stuff that I've learned over the last three years of people telling me and giving me feedback and stuff from what, from what they, you know, wish they knew or, um, where they started and just just stuff like that. So you get like this this huge interest after this seminar. You kind of threw this together with the the little warning you had, pushed it out there. It was a success, and you basically repeated the process. And now you kind of you made an LLC. What like killing a keto LLC is a whole new brand now, huh? Yep. <laughs> and and the, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's it's still a baby. Like I'm still learning. I I don't have any really business background so I'm um learning every day along the way as I'm sure as I'm sure you know um so yeah any advice you can give me is much appreciated no no this this is cool because how old are you Rachel I'm 25 okay 25 I just turned 26 and this is this is pretty much your your source of income now you quit your your other job and this is it right yeah this and some other keto related stuff um some stuff that I've come across in San Diego, which 
we can chat about for sure afterwards if you want. Um, but this is cool because like you and I are both young in the grand scheme of things, and we found kind of like what our passion is, and we've just kind of doubled down, taken it full you know full force. And it's like creating a life in, for us. And the cool thing about this is there's zero cap on it. Like the potential is limitless. You can, it can become whatever as long as you put in the work. Yeah, exactly. And um, how much, uh, how much, like what, what does a typical day look like for you now? Sorry, can you say that one more time? What, is, what does like a typical day look like for you now? Um, well, I'm, well, I'm working from home right now. Um, yeah, I kind of, I, Put my job back in. So I've only been in San Diego for about three months now. I moved here in the beginning of October, um, and I quit my job uh, like a week before. And uh, the whole reason I wanted to move out here is me and my friend kind of um, we weren't exactly happy with our jobs, and I knew that I wanted to pursue something that was keto related full time. And I actually just moved out here. Um, without a job and just started making connections. There's um, a lot of people in San Diego, like some, not a lot, but there's some doctors and some other people um, here that I've met along the way, um, which we can chat about a little bit. But a typical day, I do some um, ghost writing for uh, some keto companies, just writing, you know, articles and research and science and stuff like that. Um, so, that takes up some of the day and then the other half of the day is really working on um killing a keto and trying to you know <laughs> get as much out there as I can there's I'm sure you know there's like a whole you probably have a whole list of content and all that stuff that you want to do and it's kind of just like sitting down and you know finding you know what's important for now and what what really needs to be up now and you know just chipping away at everything as each day goes on so yeah, absolutely. I'd be willing to bet that you're putting in more hours now than you ever had before, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's cool because you're actually excited to go to work. Yeah, yeah, and that's what, you know, I I told my parents because, I mean, I guess our parents' generation may be a little bit different with, you know, you got to find a full-time job, you got to get the benefits, get your insurance, get all that stuff, but, um, you know, it's not not all about that like you know you got to do what you love so no i completely agree it's 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 totally different the 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 game has changed from what it was in our parents generation and not that they couldn't you know replicate what we're doing now i mean we're just in an era where you know you could literally take the tools that you're disposable you know like the internet for one and and branch out and create a functioning business by putting out content to the masses that's you know quality content and and garnering interest around it and that's just like i don't know i get excited just thinking about it because there is it's literally limitless yeah exactly yeah and you just if you just have the drive to you know keep going and not really i mean there's so many different things that can happen so as long as you just like keep working towards it and um like you said you you wake up every day and it's something that you want to do like it's your own it's your own business so um, you kind of have that internal fire that's always that's always there. So absolutely. So so what? So that you're launching this weekend, Killing It Keto, uh, KillingItKeto.com. What what's different between this uh, challenge versus you know challenges previous? 
So definitely just a lot of learning from the other challenges that I did. Well, I only did two other challenges. And like you said, I was kind of just putting those together as I was going. Um, well, at least the first one. Um, and it's, uh, it's automated now. So and I had a lot of people saying, like, contacting me, like, hey, when are you going to do the next challenge? When are you going to do the next challenge? And I really didn't know because I had to, you know, I was sending out all the emails automatically and not automatically, just on my own time, like sending them out, people would sign up and I'd have to keep track of that and all that stuff. Um, so now it's like automated and I kind of figured out, you know, did my research and figured out how to, um, how to do that. And I have, I'm working with someone who's, who's definitely, um, he's like a, he's been doing like website design and stuff for 10 for 10 plus years so he's helped me out with that um and just to, just learning all about that and getting getting more into that but um I'd say it's different because I've you know adapted it more and um got all the tweaks out and stuff like that so yeah the website I, I mean it looks super clean what what uh little technical here but what what uh platform did you use wordpress or something else yeah, it's WordPress, and that is all my partner, um, Sam. He's really helped me do all that. Um, he kind of took a chance on me, too. He he was like, well, you have this 21-day challenge. Like, I can kind of help you make it into, um, you know, a little bit more. And I was like, all right, let's, let's roll with it. So um, we've just been chipping away the past few months and um, trying to make it as great as possible like you said it's it's limitless so we have a whole list of ideas and stuff that we want to um continue to put out there and you know as as time goes on you know learn learn from it and you know keep pushing out the content and stuff like that so where do you where do you see this is a this is a loaded question it's almost impossible because i can't even answer it myself but where do you see killing a keto in like five years oh boy (laughs) Um, I, I, that's, yeah, that's a loaded question. It, it becomes I'm, really difficult because like <laughs> you, you grow faster than you expect, you grow slower than you expect. And there's just, it's just hard to gauge because technology changes, people's interests change, you know, the interest around keto might change in five years. There's, there's so many variables, but what, like, what are you excited about? Like, what are you eager to just jump into? Well, I think definitely moving to San Diego and I've definitely met, um, a bunch of people. Um, so you've heard, have you heard of the low carb USA, uh, Mm -hmm. so the founders of that, um, Pam, Davina and Doug Reynolds, I met them. I had come to the San Diego conference last summer and they also have a conference in West Palm beach. So that's where I originally met them. Um, I guess a year ago now. And so when I first moved here, I contacted them and, met up with them and they introduced me to some other people and there's um one doctor one local doctor uh Dr. Brian Lenskis he um basically adopted uh the ketogenic diet for his patients and started seeing a bunch of success um and there's another doctor Dr. Brett Scher and he is a cardiologist here in San Diego and he's kind of done the same thing um he's not strict keto but um, definitely low carb and implementing other things. And I kind of think like we, we all had dinner together, um, a few weeks ago and kind of just sat down and we're like, 
while like we really want to um, get the word out there and um, get the community, you know, here in San Diego kind of aware of the ketogenic diet. And I know, I know it's a big buzz thing right now, but um, just teaching people about it and um, not even like not trying to, you know, sell them anything or anything like that, just really kind of selling them the science and showing them like you will, your health will improve. You will feel way better if you just kind of try it out and, you know, learn about it. Um, so I think that's what I'm really excited about uh, because the a lot of the, as we know, like the, a lot of doctors still, you know, don't don't approve mm-hmm. of kids. But um, being able to find some that do and some, um, even with like Dr. Linsky's patients, he's been implement he works with a bunch with a lot of type 2 diabetics and he's had amazing results with them and he is even like people are starting to contact him from all over and he like doesn't even have time to see new patients because um he's getting all of this interest and he like when I first met him he was like wow I'm, I'm looking for you know a nutritionist who understands um the ketogenic diet and can teach my patients because I don't have time to sit there like, I can give them a resources, but I have to, like, the doctors don't really have time to sit there and explain everything. So that's when you, if you have, you know, a nutritionist who knows what they're talking about, they can refer them to that, to them. So that's kind of what I'm, that's another portion of what I'm doing on a daily basis is um, starting to work with some of his patients. Um, and I actually just, I finally got my uh, certification um, as a board certified nutritionist, Um so I'm able to use that um, to work with these patients. And um, I think like with the 21 day challenge, definitely with people who have no idea like what keto is and they, they want to learn about it and really adopt it. I think that's, I'm trying to implement that, but also, you know, in working with them individually. So I just think there's a lot of potential um, going forward. And we actually have this uh, conference coming on, um, it's starting like in two weeks, the low carb nutrition expo. And it's basically Dr. Linsky's, um, he put on this, it's a month long, um, basically seminar. It's completely free for anybody, you know, in San Diego or in South Carolina, South Carolina, (laughs) South, Southern California. Sorry. (laughs) I don't even know where I live right now. Southern California. Um, who wants, and it's every Sunday and Monday night and it's just going to be, he's presenting, um, some other doctors are presenting, I'll, I'll be presenting and it's just people kind of want to learn about it and they come out for, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, once a week and, um, completely free and just learning. So that's, that's kind of what we want to do. We want to, you know, put it out in the community and get people interested and, um, let them see like show other people's successes and, um, you know, hopefully push that further. So no, that's, see. that's awesome. What, uh, what can I do to get involved? Shoot. I want to get my hands dirty. <laughs> uh, come to San Diego. <laughs> Sa- sounds like it's popping in San Diego. Yeah. Well, actually the, um, the low carb USA conference is in July. Yeah. It's in July over the summer. So you should definitely come to that. I know, there's going to be ton like last year there was tons of you know top top guys speaking and I know this year there will be too for sure um like who was there last year uh, 
Gary Tobbs, like Ryan and Jacob and um, just all the top guys and girls. <laughs> it's it's uh it's awesome opportunity i uh it's in july you said yeah july i can send you uh the exact date and stuff um yeah that would be sure. that'd be good I, i'm gonna be uh i think ketocon this year is in june i'm gonna be speaking at that one um oh, are, you, are you going to ketocon this year i didn't know it was in june but yeah they yeah. moved it up i think it was in august last year yeah it was I think it was like the first weekend of September, actually. Yeah, September. They moved it up to June, so you you should definitely come to that if you're able. Do you know what date it is, or I can just look it up. Yeah, it slips my mind, but there there's so many conferences popping up now. There's like a low carb cruise from Jimmy Moore that I think I'm going to be speaking at as well. I just want to go oh. to as many of them as possible and just network and and build these relationships because I don't know, like I want to be on the forefront of this. Uh, it's just it's just awesome. I want to be in the middle of it. Yeah, exactly. Um. It's July 26th is a low carb USA one here in San Diego, so you should definitely come out for sure. Okay, July 26th. I'll make a note of that for sure. Um, what? Uh, so, so you got the everything's going in San Diego. You got your website launch, and you got the the conference in July. What? Uh, what else are you doing? You got any kind of like research experimentation stuff going on now? So at the moment, not not any like studies going on. I do want to eventually um, get back into that. I'm, I'm actually also um, uh, the Navy base is in San Diego. So I, um, I've talked to the research. Um, one of the, the ladies who runs the research uh, facility there, it's the, forgot the exact name of it, but she's basically the person who's implementing um, different nutrition and, um, performance, um, strategies for Navy SEALs. Um, and I actually got introduced to her by Dominic D'Agostino cause he did, you know, that the research with the Navy SEALs, um, on his own. And, um, so I, I met her a few months ago and I'm actually reconnecting with her and hopefully do some research with, with her and the Navy SEALs. I don't know if it's going to be keto related or, um, just, you know, actually like performance related. So just got to see, but that's just another, another avenue that I'm trying to work towards. Cause I think it'd be super cool to, you know, work with the Navy SEALs and yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be cutting edge. I need to get her on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. So do you think the, the Navy will adopt the ketogenic approach? Like is that making enough ground now to pique their interest? Um, I'm not really sure when I, when I last talked to her, um, they're, they're very, I mean, a lot of their funding and all that stuff um, for research comes from the government, obviously. So if you, uh, so and the government's very strict on what they, um, what they do and mm-hmm. what they give their money towards for research and stuff like that. So um, right now, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm hoping, you know, as, as the research on keto continues to come out and as people, you know, keep seeing results and just all the health and the therapeutic benefits. I'm hoping that it'll, it'll, you know, change. And I'm sure we're both hoping that the, you know, even with the government, this, the, the food pyramid that it kind of flips upside down and they start yeah. that not, you know, we, we got to get out of that, get out of what we're, what we're in right now, basically. So, we'll, see. well I think we're definitely, 
you know, trending that direction. The, the unfortunate thing, I, I was on a podcast uh, yesterday, uh, and, and we talked about the very the same thing. There's there's less money in keto as there is, you know, like big pharma, you know, medicine and, you know, agriculture for them to, like, maintain, you know, production of, mass scale production of all your grains and, and you know, food food products like that. So there's more money outside of keto. So that that's where it becomes a difficult switch to make because companies will become less profitable, at least on the onset, you know, if, if keto became more mainstream, which is unfortunate because money becomes a driving factor, but that's just reality. Yeah, exactly. And the same thing with, like, pharmace- pharmaceutical stuff. Sorry. Pharmaceutical. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. <laughs> Full drugs. Yeah, yeah. There you um, go. Drugs is easier. So you have to take all these t- these um, type 2 diabetics off their insulin. Like, that's a whole other issue for the pharmaceutical companies because they're like, okay, well, you're not buying you're not buying our drugs or, or insulin anymore. Like, what's happening? You know what I mean? So, I I mean, I think there is a huge, a huge politic. There's definitely politics behind, behind this all, which is unfortunate. But hopefully, you know, with having that's, I think I'm, I'm super excited to have you know some doctors here, and hopefully we can you know reach out to other doctors and you know other dietitians and diet dietitians and nutritionists, um, and kind of you know change their way of thinking and and pra- and practice in general basically so i agree that's 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 the the main thing this is going to be a grassroots type type movement you know the more more we spread the word the more people we come in contact with and kind of you know lead down this path uh, the faster to grow and hopefully at an exponential rate hopefully make a difference in the long run yeah exactly well rachel i don't i don't want to keep you too long we've been on here for about an hour now but where can people go to find more about you yeah, they can go to uh, killinitketo.com. Uh, no G, just killing. Killing it keto. <laughs> <laughs> the thug style, killing. Yeah. <laughs> so killinitketo.com and Instagram, uh, same thing? Yeah, Instagram, uh, killinitketo.com. Same with Facebook, Twitter. Uh, or if they want to email me directly, you can just Rachel um, at killinitketo.com. <laughs> perfect, perfect. You need to get your podcast started. I know that's that's on the list. <laughs> that is a uh, you asked you asked for advice earlier, and that's definitely one piece of advice I give. Podcasting is I don't know how the algorithm works, but people download this, and the people listening to me right now speak. Y'all are my oxygen. You know, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate you. I love you because they they make spreading the word that much easier. And I don't know, podcasting is a great platform, so I highly highly encourage you to get that going. Okay, awesome. I'll definitely take that advice. Well, Rachel, until next time, I certainly appreciate your time, and uh, I'll be watching for sure because I know you got some some big, exciting things in the very near future. All right, sounds good. Take care. You too.